Good morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. My name is Kurt, and I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to have you with us this morning. Uh, what a great time of worship it was this morning. I had to like refocus myself here because it was just so great. Um, praise God. Um, so we've been going through this series um, on this is what we do. And as we had mentioned earlier, today is our big giving day, and I'm going to get into that a little later. Um, but as I dive in this morning, um, I wanted to share about, um, I've learned to ask permission um, for my, from my children to share examples about them in church. Um, and uh, so Zeke gave me permission for this, so just so you know, um, I'm going to share about uh, what some things were like when, with Ezekiel when he was younger. Um, what would happen is Zeke really liked his toys, right? And he'd be playing with his toys, or we'd have a babysitter that would come over, and they'd have little ones. And he just didn't like sometimes that they would take his toys. And um, so sometimes he didn't, didn't like to share them. And, and so sometimes he'd just put ones out that were, you know, okay, well, I'll put these out because it's okay if the kids come over and play with these toys, you know, just not these ones over here. You know, didn't, didn't want them to, to get broken or lost, right? Anyone relate to that, right? So, uh, so that was the experience. And then, then came along a great gift. And this great gift was a Matchbox race car set. Now, who doesn't like a Matchbox, ra matchbox race set, right? Very cool. So... Um, it was, so what it was here is that, like, it was hard for Zeke when we first got this. When he first got this, I say we. I, I did. I played with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, when, when he first got this, it was hard for him to let others play with it because it was like his, you know, he loved this thing, you know? And so he ended up, uh, so if you've ever been over our house and you've played with it, then he's had that sacrifice. He is a lot, you know, he's allowed, no. But he, he's really done a great job with that, and he's, he's come, come right along, I would say. Um, anytime kids would come over or Ben Ely would come over, they would play with it and have great joy. And so, so it's a good time. But, you know, Zeke, I just wanted to say, Zeke's one of the most compassionate, caring people that I know. Um, and, uh, but like the rest of us, he wanted to hold on to something that he has, not let others use it, for the fear of losing it or having it get broken. And that leads us into our discussion today. Oftentimes in life, the problem is this big, but my resources are this big. Anybody relate to that? There's nothing I can do about the problem. I don't have the necessary resources. Or maybe I just don't want others touching my stuff. Right? So as we look into the text, um, there's a way of this. There's this way of thinking is not a new problem. It is not just an us problem. We aren't the only ones falling prey to a rational but faulty way of thinking. During the time when Jesus ministered here on earth before his death and resurrection, he was preaching. He was performing miracles. He was teaching his disciples, and he made God known to other people. He forgave sins. He, he changed lives. And one of those times, he was performing a miracle that's one of the more famous miracles that he performed, and it, was, it taught an important lesson 
for the disciples at that time, but also teaches an important lesson for us and that we need to pay attention to today. <clears throat> the problem was that the disciples were asking the wrong question, and Jesus introduces them to a better question. So let's look at Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to start by reading verses 13 and 14. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowd heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So let's make sure we know what's going on here. Jesus is wanting to get away. Mark's gospel tells us that they were on this missionary journey, and they had been going from town to town and were exhausted by this point. And also, the gospel of Matthew tells us that Jesus had just lost his, his cousin, John the Baptist, who had just passed away. So Jesus is looking to get away and get some rest. But that isn't what happened. Crowds followed. Many crowds followed him. They, they got to the other side of the shore where he would be coming to, and they found him. So here's Jesus. He's tired. He's trying to get away and be alone, and people follow him. Have you ever had a long day and felt exhausted? Yes? <laughs> right? So maybe it's a bad day at work. Maybe it's your children are screaming. Maybe you're frustrated with your spouse. But then an opportunity comes to minister to your children, your spouse, someone in the church, or in the community. Maybe, like Jesus here, you've just lost a loved one. You see, Jesus, while still in grief, he had compassion on people, and he chose to minister to them. He didn't get annoyed with the people or his disciples. Mark 6.31 talks about that <clears throat> there had been so many people coming around Jesus, and they didn't even have time to eat. So Jesus and his disciples hadn't eaten, and neither had anyone of the people that were listening. <clears throat> Mark 14, 15 says this. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Then in Mark 6, a parallel passage, verses 35 and 36, it says, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can get to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. So here's where we begin to see how, Jesus, how the disciples' thinking is different than Jesus here. How it differs in that they're viewing, at, they're viewing the size of the problem and their resources. So they proposed to send the crowd away so they could tend to their own needs. But then Jesus reveals that he has something different in mind, not only for the crowd, but also for his followers. Mark 6, 37 and 38. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd, ha we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. 
how much bread do you have? He said, go and find out. Then they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then continuing in the Matthew passage, 14, 16, and 17. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't tell them that they were wrong for their thinking. He knew they needed to be confronted about their incomplete perspective. So he brings them to a point where they admit that they don't have enough to feed the people. The need is larger than their resources. They can't cover their cost. They can't cover the costs. Their contributions won't even come close. So the natural question that they, that they ask and we ask is, what can I afford? When we consider giving, what can I afford? But Jesus didn't ask how much it would cost to meet the need. He didn't ask them to calculate the numbers, to work it all out, to determine how to finance dinner for thousands of people. It, uh, but he was trying to teach them a valuable lesson, one that they would carry with them for their entire ministry. John's gospel also speaks about this. Jesus had already brought up this idea of feeding the people earlier in the day. John chapter 6, verses 5 to 9 says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all the people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? The disciples modeled perfectly this natural question of what can I afford? Jesus now offers a correction and reveals he wants them what he wanted them to think. He asked a better question. And the better question we need to ask is, what do I have? Rather than what can I afford, what do I have? It's really a rather simple question, yet it's, it's profound. Without demanding that they find a way to feed the people, telling them to go to the market or having some sort of catered service, you know, delivered way out there, right? He asked this question, a better question, what do I have, how many loaves? And then in Matthew 14, 18, Jesus says about the loaves, bring them here. I don't think at this point Jesus' disciples even had a, any idea the significance of what was about to happen. Not only for that moment, but also for what all the people that read it today and see what God did here. This reveals Jesus and the fact that he was deity, that he was God, and that he sets this example for us about generosity the disciples' approach it was initially send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus says, you give. This is what we do. This is a simple turn that you and I need to make. We need to shift from what would it take, what can I afford, to what do I have. Then once, 
Once we give to God what we have, what can we expect him to do with it? Well, let's take a look at what happens in this account in Matthew 14, 19 to 21. It says this. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So we have, we have God math over here, if you can see. <laughs> Billy, Billy, I did not know she was wearing this today. And I was like, no way, <laughs> right? So, so I asked her to come up here and, and represent the, the God math that we have going on here. Thank, thank you, Billy. <clears throat> so we, we can't afford to miss what happened here. There was no other lunch. There was no buffet nearby. There was this need to feed thousands of people. They had five loaves of bread and two fish, right? Five loaves and two fish in the hands of Jesus can do it. The disciples' resources were outmatched by the need. But when they gave what they had to Jesus, it outmatched the need by far. Now, it says in that scripture there, there were 5,000 men, which means that number didn't include women and children. So I'm going to tell you about the approximate number, what they believe that uh, was there was about 15 to 20,000 people. So we're not just talking about feeding 5,000, 15 to 20,000 people. And they had their fill as much as they want, and then there were 12 baskets left over afterwards. Like God provided above and beyond, and that they had all they could eat, and then had a ton of leftovers. So let's take a look at, let's take a review of what happened here with Jesus and the disciples. So Jesus helps them ask the better question, what do I have? Right? Then the disciples give what they have. God blesses what is given, and then God multiplies what is blessed. The need is met with leftovers. When we give to God, he can multiply that and even have abundance left over. And he was teaching the disciples and us a lesson here. You see, this, the miracle here, it didn't start until the food left the disciples' hands. The disciples were taught to have compassion on the people and to be obedient to Jesus. And when they did that, then Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish after their obedience to Jesus. This is what can happen when we follow Jesus and give what we have. 
One simple act of obedience can have so much, so a profound impact on the lives of others. We saw this at work last week when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians to watch how God multiplies their gifts to meet the needs of others, to meet our own needs, and to grow them in their generosity. There is power when we give. There is blessing when we give. Now, I want to be careful to communicate that our motivation here is that this is God's church. This church is built on Jesus. He is the foundation. And one of our core values here is we give because he gave. God has been so gracious to us. But I don't know if you've ever tried, but we can never give back enough for what he did for us in sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and rise again for our sins. We could never give enough back. But one of the ways that we respond is that we give because he gave, because of what he did for us. Now, we tend to ask the question, what can I afford and why? Because what I have seems ridiculous compared to my need. Jesus demonstrates for us the better question, what do I have? Something to think about is this. Jesus gave his disciples instructions. He said, you feed them, right? Then because of the, their obedience, the people's needs were met. If God gives you an instruction, is he able to help you follow through? Sometimes we can get so nervous and focus on all that's going on around us that we forget the power of God. That if he calls us to something or if he's guiding us in some way to respond to him in obedience, that he's going to give us the strength to do that. If God wants you to do it, he will give you all that you need to get the job done with the goal of bringing more and more people to a saving knowledge of him. How can we get started on this today? How is God challenging you? Would you give him the opportunity to grow your faith today? Stop assessing your resources against the scope of the need and just begin offering what you have. Some examples of giving might be related to finances. God may be working in your heart related to our big giving day today. Could be related to wanting to give to the vision campaign for Jake for Ethiopia. Or one of the other uh, vision uh, goals that we have this year. There are other ways to assess what you have. Maybe related to items you have in your garage. Or something you have, an overabundance of something and others that you could give others that are in need. Or what you have that might be a skill. You know, one of the things I appreciated the most, what somebody gave to me, was this is at our, at our previous house, there was a lot of remodeling stuff that needed to get done. And this guy came in and he helped me remodel the bathroom and he helped me like create like an upstairs laundry room and I was so grateful for that because number one he saved me a lot of money he did charge me it wasn't very much but I also got to work alongside him and I got to learn skills that I didn't know before so he gave me something in that and I learned some things I'm still not very good at those type of things 
Um, I tell you my electrical has improved, um, but you don't want me doing your plumbing, for sure. Um, so that was one way that that person gave to me. And the question for you today is, do you want to be part of something bigger than yourself? Do you want to be part of something bigger than yourself? There are many ways that you can do that. You can get involved with missions. You can, you know, give to missions overseas. You give to work that's here. We have a wonderful ministry called CareNet that's uh, located here in Tunkhannock. There's lots of ways you can get involved and be a part of something bigger. But I, I want to say that you guys are, everyone here is already a part of something bigger. Um, we, we recently had our big event last month. And the big event was an opportunity to celebrate our volunteers and to celebrate all the work that God has done in this past year. And here in Tunkhannock, we've seen tremendous growth, growth in numbers, all right? And why do numbers matter? Because each number represents a soul. Each represents a person who is loved by Jesus. And not only that, but we've seen people come to know Jesus. We hear about it all the time. And we want to see more of that happen. We want to see more people come to know Jesus and see the hope that they can have in him. And we've seen it, we've watched, and you know what? Last year during the, our, our vision giving of uh, 2022, you all gave and we bought a building with cash. That's like ridiculous, right? And it's so, it, we, that was God working through you and doing that. And I know we were like expecting to be in there by now, but we're not. But you know, that's all right, because it's, it's all in God's timing. And with that, I wanted to share with you this morning, a couple weeks back, I talked to you about a proposal that we had submitted um, that included like 50% maintenance and 50% remodel. And I said that we put, submitted that to get approved. And um, I wanted to let you know today that that was approved. <clears throat> so, so praise Jesus. Um, we're thankful for that. And, and I, you know, it's not about a building. The church is a people, Right? The building is simply a tool, and a building can, that's maybe slightly larger, <laughs> can help us have, have more people come to hear about Jesus, and that's one of the reasons why this is important, um, and, and so your giving helped that to happen, and your giving can also help with the remodel process as well, so I wanted to let you know that we will be pursuing permits for demolition and um, that will be something that we will have work days for. So people that like to smash stuff, um, that will be an, there will be an opportunity for that. So I'll let you know that will be coming up, um, uh, demolition. And so, um, and I wanted to let you know, I wanted to give you, because I don't know if you guys, uh, if you're very visual. I'm a very visual person. I like to be able to see towards what something that's happening. So I wanted... With this, these plans approved, I want to be able to show you what we are looking at doing in the remodel. So I'm going to put the schematic up on the screen here. And uh, so this is really fun. So I, I keep forgetting to 
turn this on. Okay. All right. Um, so here it's green instead of red. I like that better. Um, anyway, so, so down below here, below here you have the parking lot. There will be a parking lot. Yes. <laughs> All right. And in here is the lobby. So it was a big open, open lobby, lots of space. This is where you can get your coffee. And there'll be windows and doors here. You'll be able to look directly into the auditorium here. And, uh, and, and that'll be good. And then, of course, the bathrooms, those are necessary. But, um, and then the class, adult classrooms over here. And then this is the playroom, all right? So, uh, so we bought a uh, McDonald's play place. And um, someone else, not me, will be putting it together. <laughs> and um, it, it'll go right there inside the building. And then over here is our kids' ministry with the little ones. This will be check-in, our rally room, and the kids' uh, uh, classrooms there. But I, it's always good to, I'm going to get a, get this blown up and put it out in the lobby so we just always have something. We can put something before us to, to know to be praying because there are, there are still, there's always, there's always hurdles to, to overcome. And so just praying for the process there as God continues to work in that. And so I just wanted to show you, give you a picture of, of, of that. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, in the future, which this is not part of our project now, but in the future, we'd like to have a community gym over here um, so that we can be a better outreach to our community. And um, we already have right now um, working with uh, the county on uh, having sports fields connected across behind our place. So God's doing a great work here, and we want to continue to be a light in our community. And so I thank you for your giving and for your generosity for, us, for that to be able to happen. And I ask that you would pray this morning as you meet in your small groups this week, pray about how God would use you in, in giving and um, however that might be. It might be towards a, towards a vision, it might be towards a ministry here, but it might be towards something else um, that God's tugging on your heart for. So um, ask that you be praying about that and that you would ask, what do I have? that can be used for God. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love for us, God. You are so good. And I just pray that um, you would help us, guide us as we pursue after you. Um, I pray, God, that you would draw each one of us close to you and, uh, and show us the next steps uh, that you'd have us to take in our lives. I thank you for the free gift of salvation the hope that we can have in you um, in this world that can get pretty scary when there's things that we, when our resources are not enough. Um, but you are enough, Lord. And so I pray, God, that we would uh, depend completely upon you. We thank you and we praise you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.